I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. And welcome to Books and Bevies. Ooh. What's up? Um, honestly, I actually have nothing. Give me a second. I'm not prepared. Okay, I'm back. You're back. You're ready. Oh, um, I don't know. Not much, actually. I've just been uh, doing, I don't don't really know what to call it because it's not homework. It's not assignments. It's just, I guess, my readings. Yeah. Okay. How is law school so far? Um, it is a lot. (laughs) At this point, I have no idea what information I don't know. Because there's too much. So I don't know how to ask a question because there's too many things. Mm. So slowly but surely, um, it is getting better. The very first like classes we had, I was just sitting there like... "Mm." I have no idea what's happening right now. Um, but once we got to like the end of the week, I was vaguely aware of what was <laughs> happening. <laughs> and that's what you want in a lawyer, right? Yeah. Vague awareness <laughs> of what's going on. <sighs> if any future employers are listening right now, um, I will get better. I promise. <laughs> This is just my first week of law school. Give me some slack. <laughs> never, never, ever. <laughs> Covering all my bases at this point. So what's going on with you? Um, what is going on with me? Honestly, not a lot. My boss is back from his trip. So that's nice because now I have less responsibility at work, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, and honestly, just chilling. I went for drinks with a couple friends last night. Um, my life has been very boring, actually, but I kind of like it. I feel like it's nice when you're, I don't want to say boring, but when you don't do too much, mm-hmm. it's just calmer. Yes. I also, okay, I have a couple things that I want to say, like announcements, some fun things and then some things I also just like wanted to talk to you about okay wait sorry Uh, do we have the same notebooks mine's just like a bullet journal Uh, this looks very similar (laughs) 
what's a oh i cannot fucking pronounce the brand um it's like german or something yeah i got nothing lurch trum 1917 okay that's not mine (laughs) thank you for pronouncing that though Oh, yeah, no, I'm not about to guess that. <laughs> Why is it that we always end up needing to pronounce things every episode? We're like, I cannot read, apparently. We have a book co- podcast, but neither one of us actually knows how to read. I'm honestly getting more and more convinced that I don't know how to read with every episode. It's like uh, in New Girl what Nick said where he's like I'm not convinced that I know how to read I've just memorized a lot of words (laughs) Nick is the most relatable character um so as of today I like double checked we now have over 50 downloads Mm -hmm. damn shocking because this is our fifth episode so that's more than 10 per episode I think we're at 57 downloads as of today um we also have as of today 100 instagram followers it's crazy um and we have a new country Ooh, yeah we have a download in sweden i like that right i'm quite excited um i hope they continue to listen so shout out to sweden whoever you are hope we don't scare you off yeah, we probably will. We scared off the person <laughs> from the Philippines <laughs> after episode one. It's probably because it went so weird in episode two. They were like, this is not what I signed up for. The other, just got so many things to say before we kind of start the episode. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to say was uh, if our listeners enjoy our podcast, if you could please rate us and leave a review because it kind of boosts us um, on every app basically that there is. I know that you can't do it on Spotify, but I think pretty much every other podcast app you can rate and maybe leave a review. Um, And yeah, it just kind of boosts us to like the promotions and stuff like that. We just get like seven one-star reviews. Yeah, only okay. five-star reviews. Like, don't, if you don't. <laughs> Technically, that's what you asked for. Okay, I'm uh, scratching that. Um, if you like, I said if you like us, rate and review. I didn't say if you hate us, rate and review. <laughs> only if you like us, rate and review. <laughs> no, honestly, I would like to hear some honest opinions, you know constructive feedback but don't don't just be mean though yeah if you have a constructive criticism feel free to but please as we've said before many times we are sensitive um don't be mean (laughs) and I think that's everything that I um have to say kind of before we get right into it have anything to say (laughs) sometimes you like end a sentence and I honestly don't know how to reply so I just wait in silence until you say something else 
this is, this is how I have most conversations. This is why I need to like have friends that talk at me mm-hmm. rather than like need equal conversation. Cause sometimes I'm just not very good at carrying on a conversation. It's not cause I don't want to, it's just cause I can't. Yeah. There have been multiple times in the podcast where I like try to set up a segue for you. Like I, like for the disclaimer last week, I like I knew you had something that you wanted to say. So I deliberately set you up and then you just stared at me. Yeah. See those, those signals and social cues. Sometimes I miss them. So for this episode, we read the perks of being a wallflower by Stefan Chabosky. Uh, this, like I said, at the end of our last episode is a coming of age novel for a kid who is in high school. And that is, that is the summary I'm going to give. Good summary. Good summary. I mean, thank you. Short and sweet. Sometimes that's all you need. Um, I have a little bit of a disclaimer for this book, I guess, not so much this episode. Um, I'm not sure like how much we're going to be touching on this. Um, but overall, before you read this book, I just kind of want to put a blanket trigger warning over it. Um, it does cover some mature and potentially traumatic themes. And so I Googled it in case there were some themes that I for- or forgot or didn't necessarily pick up on. So I have a list of the potential triggers in this book um, in alphabetical order. So... The alphabetical order was like the important part. It really is. I I pride myself in my organization. Um, Anyways, so it's a very long list. Just a blanket trigger warning for abuse, alcohol abuse, bullying, car accidents, death, drug use and drug abuse, homophobia, incest, infidelity, mental illness, panic attacks, pedophilia, racism, rape, sexual abuse, suicide, and suicide ideation. And those are the triggers in this book. So so if you can't tell, this isn't a very happy book. If it's only, let's see, like 200 and something pages and you can have that long of a list of triggers. It covers some themes. It covers some topics. Um, Yeah. I just thought I would put that in the beginning (laughs) because I kind of picked up on that while I was reading the book and I was like, this book could be potentially triggering for some people. And I didn't even necessarily pick up on all the triggers that were in there, but oh yeah. What, um, I don't think either one of us are drinking an alcoholic bevy today because it's very early for me and you have a soccer game later. Um, but what's your bevy? I'm actually drinking some green tea right now. Mm. what about you I'm drinking coffee even though I don't need to be more caffeinated as I just said (laughs) maybe I should get some water (laughs) at some point maybe once you get the caffeine jitters it's always a good idea to have small snack or water do you have a reason for drinking since we last recorded like reason for drinking green tea well I mean we do well, this every week. That's true. <laughs> if I were to be drinking yes. something, um, 
I'd probably be celebrating the fact that I've made it through one week of law school and only doubted my abilities every day, but only once a day. Is once a day for multiple hours? Is once a day constantly. (laughs) Once a day for a 24-hour period. (laughs) Still only once a day. And what about you? Um... Honestly, I've had a pretty relaxing week. Um, I think if I were to be drinking today, I would be drinking. Also, before you tell me why you're drinking, I have another reason for drinking. If I were, I made muffins the other day and they were actually good. So (laughs) proud of myself. You know, it's the little things. It really is. Because I was going to say my reason for drinking, um, is also like it's not very exciting but I'm just very excited for fall like I I feel like I'm one of those terrible people that like fall because it transitions to Christmas themed times yeah Um, but I know I know you like fall for fall itself Mm -hmm. fall is hands down my favorite season Um, they do have the best like snacks (laughs) <laughs> I don't know how to word that in some <laughs> weird way. <laughs> like fall snacks are so good. Describe Do you know what I mean? Snack to me. What is a fall snack? <laughs> like fall flavored, fall oh, themed. Like, like pumpkin and cinnamon yeah, apple like, stuff. Yeah, that that vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, yeah, I love soup. So as soon as it's like cold enough that I can eat soup again, <laughs> I had soup you yesterday. You made fun of me for saying that fall had nice snacks. And you're like, why do you like fall? Because I like soup. <laughs> soup is not limited to the fall. You can have it whenever you want to. Well, you can have fall snacks technically whenever you want to. Yeah, but stores don't come out with them. I would have to physically make them. Not necessarily. I think they're always there. They're just not on display. <laughs> no. They're just probably in an aisle somewhere. Like you can get canned pumpkin all year round. It just is in the canned like vegetable aisle or whatever. Same with apple cinnamon tea. You can get it all year round. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Good argument. But I mean, I guess the same can be said with soup. You can get soup all year round, but if it's hot. Yeah, soup doesn't go on display in the fall. It's just always in the same place. But I'm way more likely to have soup when it's colder out. I'm not, I'm not as likely going to have soup in the summer if it's like 30 degrees over here. I'm not going to be like, ah, yes, get me some boiling soup. So then wouldn't winter be your favorite season? No, because it's fall, colder. No, because fall marks the start of soup season. It's the beginning of the happy time. And it's Halloween is coming. I love Halloween. I've already started watching all of my like spooky movies and TV shows. I just rewatched American Horror Story, um, which is incredible. And I'm just I'm, I will for now ever be calling um 
fall soup season. Soup season. Yes. Oh, happy no. soup season. <laughs> okay. Are you going to give up soup for children on Halloween? I need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> the right kids, the good kids will be just as excited as I am. This is... I'm not sure how we got to this topic. <laughs> the conversation of soup has been going on for too long now. Ooh, I'm keeping it in. Um, <laughs> what are we even talking about? Why we drink. And I'm drinking because, or I'm, I would be drinking. <laughs> because it's soup season. Because- <laughs> All right, got it. Full circle. Um, oh, also, I want I want to say that I'm drinking because my boss is back from his super long vacation, um, which means I no longer like have to be super in charge at our landscaping sites, which is nice. I don't like responsibility. I don't like being in charge. I like responsibility. I don't like being in charge. Um, but, you know, he bought me a plant as a thank you for working while he was gone. That was nice. It's a nice plant. It's a fiddle leaf fig for those of you who care. I know you probably don't, Katrina, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, so if you could see my apartment now, it, it has several fake plants, but no real ones. Because I don't, I don't know what it is. Like, I'll Google how to take care of the plant, and I still end up killing them. So I feel like now it's just irresponsible of me to buy the plant when I know it will die in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm also very lucky because I get a lot of light in my house, so it's very hard to kill the plants. And I typically choose plants that are hard to kill anyways, but I think you have killed some plants that I would classify as very hard to kill. (laughs) You should get a snake plant. Those are like impossible to kill. (laughs) This is going to be a test, isn't it? Yes, it is. I want to see if you actually manage to kill it. Back to. uh, the actual topic of this podcast that we started. Um, I mean, this is a book that we both read in high school. Um, I haven't read it since high school, I don't think. Have you? No, this isn't like the first time for me reading in years. Um, And I would say, I think... This is probably one of the few, like, kind of coming of age books geared at a younger audience that I think an adult could read for the first time and actually also enjoy. Yeah, I think I like the fact that it's written like the voice is of like a young, a young teenager, a mid teenager. I don't know what 15 classifies you as. But like when you read it, you can tell it's the voice of a young kid, but it's still written well enough that it it doesn't feel like you're reading like a child's writing. Yeah. I I don't know how to explain that better, but. You're reading it from a perspective of like a mature teenager, like a teenager who would, you could guess is like age 20 in maturity. That's how I would like say it. Like, you can tell he's, like, quite woke. 
Ew. <laughs> I did not like the use of that word. Yeah, so basically this book is written in the form of letters to an anonymous friend. So Charlie, the main character, just writes about his life and everyday experiences um, as letters. And I have never seen that in a book until I read this one. And you'd think it would be like hard to follow along a little bit, but it, I feel like it makes it better because there's like every letter is dated and everything is in like clear order. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the perspective. I love Charlie's character, obviously. He is so pure and he just... He needs to be protected and I just I think the characters in this book are so incredible because they're so very like they're just so incredibly real and it's like I know so many people who act like so many of these characters and have gone through some of the problems that these characters have gone through which again it was is why I think an adult could read this for the first time and like it because it is obviously it covers a lot of mature themes hence the big trigger warning in the beginning um and it's it is quite relatable like I I think I almost related to it more as an adult because I've met people or I have experienced some of these things whereas when I read it when I was a teenager there was a lot of things that I hadn't necessarily experienced from this book that I didn't really I didn't get I didn't quite understand yeah, I feel like the older you are, the more you understand, like, the complexities of the things that are happening in the book. Mm-hmm. And, like, because I I think I, I understood, I obviously understood, like, what the book was about when I was a teenager reading it. Um, and I understood some of the, you know, themes in the book. But, I mean, as an adult, I really was like, oh, like, this could be potentially quite triggering for people whereas I think as a teenager I wouldn't have thought of that um and I mean granted trigger warnings weren't necessarily as big of a thing when we were in high school they weren't really something that was I don't think up. really anyone Mm-mm. did those when we were in high school no I can't remember seeing them no I think I remember like talking about triggers, but everyone kind of treated them as a joke because it was like well before triggers were ever taken seriously, (laughs) but it's good that they are now. Um, I will also say that um, in this book, there's a lot of references to music that I really love. Um, And I've listened to all of the songs that are in Perks. I remember like, creating a playlist when I was in high school and like listening to all the music um really good soundtrack just absolutely incredible and I like that um because you don't usually get um books talking about music in the way that Charlie does like it's nice to get a little recommendation I like that they also do that with books. Like mm-hmm. throughout this book, they it's not like direct book recommendations, but it's basically like his teacher giving him books to read. And some of them I actually haven't read before and I'm interested to see if I would like them too. Yeah. 
I think I have read most of them. Um, they're good books. I really like those books. Um, did you watch the movie before doing the episode? No. Okay. L- like, technically, <laughs> like, in 2012, I watched the movie. Well, I watched the movie. Um, and you found out that the director was actually also the author yeah I'm pretty sure what you said was right so basically I was just like scrolling on TikTok as one does and I ended up on Perks of Being a Wallflower TikTok and found out that apparently uh, the director of the movie Perks of Being a Wallflower is actually the author of the book as well and that's why like the book to movie adaptation is done so well because I know everyone's read a book before and then you watch the movie and you hate it because everything is wrong things are missing that shouldn't be missing but the movie is nothing like that Mm -hmm. from what I recall from approximately like six years ago (laughs) um yes I also I I also just googled it to make sure that I didn't say misinformation but yeah um And I watched the movie before you sent me that TikTok and literally like the first note that I took on the movie is probably the only movie that is as good as the book because I had just freshly read the book, obviously, when I watched the movie. And when you watch the movie, they like most of the time things are obviously taken away but in this movie it's like things are actually added like there's details that are like conversations where like oh it just, it's just it's done so well and i feel like it like perfectly captures the feeling of the book like the movie and the book give you the same feeling yeah and um the cast is obviously incredible logan lerman emma watson Ezra Mean Ezra Meaner, Ezra Miller, <laughs> Nina Dobrev, like and obviously Paul Rudd, beautiful man. Um just the cast is done so perfectly and everything in the book is in the movie. Like I can't think of anything that was missed. I guess I'll add that like this is quite a short book in like relatives of the books we've read in the past four episodes um it's only about 200 pages so it is a really quick read if you're looking for something a bit shorter I think my overall review for this book is probably 7.5 out of 10 not because I don't think it's a good book I think it's a very very interesting book I think it's important to read a little bit gives you a bit of perspective on other people but the genre of book itself is not the kind of book I normally read and it's just not it's not my favorite kind of book Mm -hmm. but I, I I do recommend it it's coming of age story yeah I think 
probably an 8.5 for me, maybe an 8, probably an 8.5, because I'm, as I've already said before, quite generous with my ratings. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like- I feel like I'm always like 0.5 or 1 underneath you. Yeah, we're, we're like consistently, I wonder if I'm ever going to rate something lower than you. That would be crazy. You're like, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there <laughs> if, we, one day. if we do this till we're 80, we'll get there. <laughs> It'll be a monumental moment. Um, but no, like you said, I think it's, a, I think it's well-written um, as much as, you know, obviously some of the topics are really hard to read about. I think it's important to read about them, especially because this book, you know, it does get into detail with some of them, but it's not like, you know, 13 reasons why, where it's like really descriptive. It's, you know it just kind of touches on them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I read it super quickly. I think it's a great quick read. Um, and I think especially if you're in high school, you will like this book. Um, but I stand by what I said, where I think adults will probably like this book, but they'll just probably read it in like a day or two. Yeah. I feel like of of all the books we've looked at so far, this would be like the most important one to read and the one you'd learn the most from, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like quite topical. Like I think this book kind of started a lot of conversations that we're having today. Um, like I think it really got the ball rolling because now we're a lot more open to talking about abuse and you know there's like a lot of themes in this book that are still problems today and I think this book really started the conversation for that because like I said when I read this book for the first time many years ago we didn't even talk about triggers we didn't really talk about trauma we didn't really talk about abuse or things you know happening behind closed doors to other people and I think as a society now we're a lot more open to talking about those things and this book and this movie were very iconic in that I also recommend the movie (laughs) yeah I know this is a podcast on books but definitely watch the movie um Logan Lerman Logan Lerman Paul Redd as well yeah they all they it's just, it's beautiful I know cast. you already mentioned this, but yeah, the cast is so well chosen for this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything in the movie was done like perfectly, in my opinion. But again, it's again, because the author was the director. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the dream? <laughs> right? I feel like every, I, feel, I just, I can't imagine like buying the rights to a movie and not wanting the author to be involved. And I can't imagine being an author and not wanting to be involved in the production of your movie. Like think about the fans. Like you don't want the fans to be disappointed in the movie. Every time I think of a disappointment in a movie, all I can think about is that one Harry Potter scene where Dumbledore yells at Harry. And I know this is like every person that has ever read Harry Potter and also watched the movie knows exactly what I'm talking about right now because it's the worst book to movie adaptation scene ever yeah when he when they like think he put his name in the goblet of fire 
And in the book, he's like, he said it calmly. And then in the movie, he's like running at Harry, screaming at him. Like, okay. He like throws him up on the wall. And I'm like, the entire point of Dumbledore is that he's calm, collected, thinks things through, has a twinkle in his eye, always. Always. But yeah, furious about that. I'll never let that go. I don't know who thought that that was okay to put in the movie, but you should have asked someone that read the book. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm ready to get into parts of the book that are spoiler heavy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ready. Um, so I guess this is mostly where the trigger warning is going to start because we're actually going to talk about the book. That means we'll talk about some of the, the bad things that happen. So just listen with caution if any of the previously stated trigger warnings mean something to you. I will start actually on a very light note. Um, reading a book about someone starting high school is he starting high school is he starting he's starting high school yeah okay reading a book about someone starting high school brought forward a deep memory of us starting high school um I don't I'm gonna stop you right there I don't want to talk about this (laughs) um we're not gonna say what it was but I just 
I wish it would have stayed deep in my brain. Um, unfortunately, is very. I'm very aware of how we wanted to start high school, <laughs> and just I'm very glad no one let us do it. <laughs> I hope we're thinking of the same thing but i if there's more than one thing that's this embarrassing anyways does yours involve a boom box (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay this this part we can we can share i'm not telling the whole story but just know it it involves a boom box and sean kingston And we definitely thought we were going to be legends and we were going to be the popular kids. I remember thinking that if we entered the school like that, (laughs) I'm glad we didn't. And I'm very glad we didn't. But that was immediately when he said, oh, starting high school, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) That was an unwanted memory. Most of my memories are unwanted. That's why they're typically repressed. Um, (laughs) This book has some good quotes, man. I'm like flipping through and looking at all my sticky notes and it just, it tugs at my heart. This book will make you feel some things. It's just like when you read some of the parts of the book, you're like, oh, that is true. Like, that's how you think. Specifically, like, very early on in the book, with, like, we accept the love we think we deserve. <sighs> that's sad. Like, it's, it's a nice quote, but it's a sad line. Yeah, because it's, it's so incredibly true. Who's your favorite character? I did not think about that. Um, Do you have a favorite character? I mean, I also didn't think about it. It just kind of came out of my mouth. Um, I know it's probably a basic opinion, but I might have to say Charlie, just because I really relate to him. Yeah, he's going through a hard time in this book. Basically, like right at the beginning, his friend Michael commits suicide. And like throughout the books, not fully just on Charlie's struggles, like touches on everyone else's too. But it is how he's like struggling to deal with that. I think this is just a note that I made and I don't really know why it was so important to me. But I guess I have a lot of like, sticky notes by like quotes that the dad says um because the dad clearly is uh depicted as having like a very dated perspective on mental health which I think you know a lot of adults kind of have and it's kind of our generation and like a little bit older and then all the way younger um who have a more like sympathetic understanding of mental health whereas like the dad kind of puts in a direct contrast to that and he's he says some stuff like one of the quotes is there are other people who have it worse and stuff like that which can't that that can't help charlie 
with what he's going through. Like, I'm sure if you're sad, you're just sad. Like it doesn't necessarily matter what other people are going through. Cause if you're sad, then like those feelings are valid. That's my point. <laughs> I, I do like how like, I want to say like one more time. Um, I do enjoy that. Well, enjoy also seems like the wrong word for this, but how when you read like the stories of each of the characters, the first time I read it and also the second time, just because I it's been so many years since I read it, um, I forgot how basically every character in this book has some kind of traumatic backstory and it's all different and it's all I don't know I didn't I didn't see some of them coming it's true yeah like that long list of triggers that I said like that's not all Charlie Charlie doesn't go through (laughs) all of that that would be just I couldn't even imagine, but it, it definitely talks about like uh, how it it kind of like, (laughs) I feel like it's like a good realization going through this book that everyone has their own struggles. And even if you don't realize or know that about someone else, doesn't mean it's not true. It's because they haven't told you. Mm -hmm. So good life lessons in this book. Good life lessons. Yeah. I think people with kindness. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Harry Styles. Uh, we need to pause for two seconds. You good? Yes. Sorry, I forgot to unmute myself. It's better that way. Well, that was fucking rude. <laughs> you sounded a bit Scottish when you said that. I've been watching Pulling Downton Abbey. Roots. Oh, really? It's good. Have you watched it? I actually haven't watched Downton Abbey, no. Well, watched an episode first thing this morning, and it was like a very sad episode. I was devastated. I cried all morning, so feeling good. <laughs> I'm one of those people that like re-watches four shows like on a rotating cycle, and those are like my comfort shows. That is all I would watch. I think you should try watching Downton Abbey. I, wa- it, I think... After the first episode, I was like hooked. But it started a little bit slow. But now I'm a lot happens. It's about like after the war. And then it also like there's the, like the rich people perspective and the peasant perspective. It's it's good. It's good. And sad. And traumatic. <laughs> I know none of you can see what Sarah's doing <laughs> when you're trying to like compare the <laughs> compare the two groups just looks like you're doing like little jazz hands i am (laughs) gotta add some spice it's a very spicy episode (laughs) (laughs) there is a little kissing in this book so you know spicy Mm -hmm. yeah there is the worst kiss of all time that I have ever read about in this book too, where you want to put down the book and just never pick it up again because it's so embarrassing. 
for everyone. <laughs> I guess we gotta like back up a little bit. Basically, Charlie is friends with Sam and Patrick and he gets into their friend group. He then starts dating Mary Elizabeth. And at a party, they're playing truth or dare. And they Charlie gets dared to kiss the prettiest girl in the room. And instead of kissing Mary Elizabeth, he decides he wants to be honest because he thinks Sam is the prettiest girl in the room and kisses her in front of everyone. And it is, oh, it gave me chest pain reading that. New trigger warning, awkward kissing. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard part to read. I like, I just, feel for Mary Elizabeth in that I can't even imagine how crushed you would be if your own boyfriend did that to you yeah not not a good move Charlie I I think we got really off topic I don't think you said who your favorite character is sorry (laughs) we're going all over the place right now as always this Um, flaming dumpster fire of a podcast that we do I honestly can't give you my favorite character. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Fair answer. But I will say it is not Sam. Ooh. Wait, do you like not like Sam or? I, there's a specific part in the book where I just think, because Sam is older than Charlie is too. Yeah. I think by like two years. Yeah. And. Charlie basically says that like he's in love with her and has a huge crush on her and she's like don't like don't do that you can't see me as more than just a friend and then towards the end of the book where she and Craig her boyfriend break up she basically confronts Charlie and was like why didn't you kiss me why don't you like me why didn't you make a move on me and Charlie remember that because you told me not to and she's like no like you should have done it anyways is basically what she's saying how could you say that to him like one obviously if someone tells you no you respect what they told you two charlie is two years younger than her like why would you put that on him and then get mad at him for respecting your own boundaries that you put out so no i don't i don't like sam i didn't appreciate that I actually also agree. I kind of forgot about that until um, until you mentioned it. But I remember reading that and I got genuinely quite, quite heated because, first of all, I've already said this in this fucking episode, but Charlie needs to be protected. He is a good soul. He has a kind heart and he only wanted what was best for Sam throughout the whole book. He put so like he sacrificed so much. He sacrificed himself. Um <laughs> Do you know that reference? No. <laughs> you know that TikTok where like that girl pretends to do the chess scene from Harry Potter? Oh yeah. Okay. He's going to sacrifice himself. Um, <laughs> no, Ron, you can't. There must be another way. 
Woo. Anyways. <laughs> this is the episode of accents. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun to edit. I can already tell. Um, but yeah, he, anyways, back to my point. He sacrificed so much of his happiness because he wanted Sam to be happy. And like he saw that she was with a really douchey guy and that's when he asked his teacher about it and said we accept the love that we think we deserve and or no I think that I don't know that happens in the movie um but like I feel also in sorry keep going I feel like if I was in Sam's shoes and like some younger guy came up uh, came up to me and was like I'm really into you and if I wasn't like into it at the time I would you know obviously be respectful and just be like no sorry I don't feel the same way and then if I started to feel something for said boy I would be like like it would be on it would be up to me to talk to him not vice versa if I suddenly became interested like I wouldn't expect someone to just know also she was like about to leave for university like why would she do that to him like it just kind of seems it seems it's icky and it's just unfair. I don't know. I just, I didn't, didn't appreciate that about her. And literally in the same scene, Charlie is telling her that he didn't like do anything about Craig. He didn't make a move on her because he didn't care. Like, like you were saying, he sacrificed himself. Like he just wanted, he sacrificed himself. No, Ron. (laughs) Charlie, once I make my move, <laughs> then you're free to check the game. Okay. This podcast is really dissolving into nothingness. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, he's like, I didn't care if I wasn't happy. As long as you were happy, I would be happy about that. And that's when I realized I love you or that's when I realized I really love you is what he says to her. And then she's like, well, you should have made a move, even though I told you no. Cause it was like nine months ago or whatever. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. So yeah, no favorite character, least favorite. Well, I won't say least favorite, but one of the ones I didn't love Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wasn't a huge fan of the sister just because I mean I like I think I don't know she just kind of rubbed me the wrong way yeah but I feel like also like even the characters that I don't like things happen to them yeah in their past that make them the way they are so then you feel for them but also don't be mean to Charlie because he's a a sweet sensitive boy that needs protection I also loved um I really I as much as we don't like Sam for the way that she treated Charlie when it comes to like a romantic level I did like the way that she treated him like as a friend kind of in the middle of the book when he wasn't focused on the romance like I think she was a good friend to him a lot of the time and like Patrick obviously was a great friend to him very unproblematic um but I liked their dynamic as friends. And, Agreed. Yeah. 
because like they took him under his wing he like obviously his best friend had just killed himself and you know i like i think they were very um like they obviously don't care about appearances i feel like especially in high school so many seniors would not be caught hanging out with people in a younger grade because that would be like not cool um but they just didn't care about that and they saw that charlie needed a friend and so they you know they were there for him and it was like i liked that um and charlie even mentions this in the book a lot of it was kind of unspoken between them like they did find out that michael had killed himself but um their friendship wasn't based around that like he Charlie didn't really speak of it as like an excuse for anything. Um, and he didn't really expect sympathy and Sam and Patrick just like, they understood what Charlie was going through and they were there for him in a way that wasn't like a, Oh, let's talk about it. Kind of way. They were there for him in a way that was like, let's hang out and let's have fun and let's make you feel better, which I think is exactly what Charlie needed. Yeah. They were his friend when he needed a friend. Mm-hmm but we do not stand Sam's behavior when it comes to the romance. <laughs> I also, <clears throat> I also thought um, Charlie and Mary Elizabeth's relationship was hilarious. <laughs> Cause Charlie just wasn't interested. <sighs> I know it, it made me just like a little bit sad to read thinking of it from Mary Elizabeth's point of view like what if you were just like into someone you were dating them and they were like so I'm just slowly trying to figure my way out of this I mean I've been there so (laughs) (laughs) okay well then maybe you relate but I just I thought it was so sad Mm -hmm. I think like I mean, to be fair, I've also been on the other side, if I'm being honest, where one person has been way more into me than I have been into them. Beep. Cutting the name out, but just for context. (laughs) Just say beep. Don't even add in a (laughs) beep. I'm keeping both of those audio bits for the future. Oh, God. Just in case. They're like, why didn't you just use an actual beep? I'm like, no. everything is done by ourselves it's called resourcefulness um I also felt really bad for Patrick in his relationship with Brad and you just know that like so many people have gone through that like I think that would probably be one of the more relatable of the triggers because I think a lot of people you know, obviously have like been in the closet or had relationships that had to stay in the closet. Like I, that's the one where I know the most people who have gone through that. Like, I think it's quite common and it's sad. Yeah, it is like back to the, we accept the love we think we deserve. It's so hard, like reading this book and knowing that each of the characters deserves so much more, but they just, they think that's what they should have Mm -hmm. yeah especially like especially Patrick I love Patrick um you went through a hard time Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's sad from both Patrick and Brad's perspective. You know, like I can imagine being in both perspectives. Obviously, I can't relate entirely because I am a heterosexual woman, but um, I can un- I can understand how that would be super hard if like your family was super not approving. So you decide to keep it secret. Um, or if you like, don't have to keep it secret and you like feel pretty confident in your sexuality, but you have to keep your relationship a secret. Like it just, that sucks. (laughs) In like a very different tone. (laughs) I have a favorite quote from Mm -hmm. this book. (laughs) It's made me laugh. It's like, I love Twinkies. And the reason I'm saying this is because we are all supposed to think of a reason to live. (laughs) Or think of reasons to live. Sorry. That's so fucking funny. (laughs) Like, let let me think of a reason I want to live. I like Twinkies. I mean, like, that sounds like a 15 year old boy. (laughs) I mean, that's honestly some pretty relatable content. Like, why do I want to live? I love soup. Full circle. <laughs> Back to the soup topic. Um, what's your favorite kind? Ooh. Probably like a broccoli cheese soup. Oh, what the fuck? I, was, I would not have guessed that. Or a leek. I love leek, like a potato leek soup. Potato leek soup is very good. What about you? I'm not like a soup connoisseur like you are, so. You must have a favorite. If you don't have a favorite character in this book, you have to pick a soup. (laughs) I feel like it just depends. Like, if I'm having soup on its own. Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of pressure to put out into the world my favorite soup I can't change my mind I did just kind of throw it out there willy-nilly I might I mean you can change your mind if you discover a new soup maybe down the line that's true but I feel like it's not even that I have to discover the new soup it just depends on like depends on the day like am I eating grilled cheese and obviously Mm. it has to be tomato soup but like I'm not just gonna eat tomato soup that's true. That is a fair point. Chicken noodle soup, but I'm sick. Am I trying to make a meal out of it? Then it's something else. There's a lot like of a chili factors to consider. <laughs> is chili soup? I mean, chili is chili, but I would consider it a type of soup. So then is cereal soup? We are getting philosophical. <laughs> I would say cereal could be soup. Could be classified as soup. I feel like there's no other way to classify it. What else could it be? Yeah, I guess cereal is soup. So back to saying the only like fall is the start of soup season. If you eat cereal ever, you're wrong. Maybe I only eat cereal in the fall. You don't know this. You don't know my life. That's true. 
I've only known you for 20 years. I don't know you that well. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about us is like we've been friends for 20 years and we can't for the life of us decide on a matching best friend tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Like 20 years of friendship and we can't think of one thing that we would both get tattooed. It just like, it goes to show how different of people we are, mm-hmm. which I think is wild that you can be like this close and still be like, we are so different in so many ways. Also, just like another thing back to soup. Um, I discovered... <laughs> That in Victoria, there's a place called Supa Cafe, mm. which is a soup restaurant. And you can get- <laughs> I, I kind of guessed that based on context. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's actually a burger bar. Um, no, but it's a soup restaurant. Speaking can- of soup, there's this burger bar. <laughs> oh, God, this is a weird conversation. <laughs> The title of this podcast is definitely going to be soup related. Just soup. Um, But anyways, so you can get soup flights because they have like a rotating soup menu. So you can get flights of soup. Um, That's kind of cool, actually. You can get soup, sandwich and a drink for like 20 bucks. Um, And it's on DoorDash. So I have been getting it delivered regularly. I've tried a lot of new soups, some incredible soups. There's like this asian peanut yam soup that i tried recently and i'm like i could literally i could live on on soup there's so many things you can do with soup it can be creamy it can be (laughs) (laughs) i really tried not to make a face because i wanted to see how far you would take that (laughs) i ruined it i'm sorry (laughs) I honestly don't even know where I was going. You're just going to tell me the kinds of soup you can have. Vegetable, meat. Well, if we decide spicy. cereal is a soup, then basically everything. I'm still undecided about chili, though. I don't know how I feel about calling that one soup. Is mac and cheese a soup? No, mac and cheese is pasta. Oh, yeah, that's true. What is wrong? But pasta could be soup because it's things in a liquidy liquid. Yeah, but it's not. How much liquid is in your pasta? (laughs) It's in a sauce. It's not in like a. That's true. I like my pasta runny. You actually just put like a cup of milk into Katie. (laughs) Good soup. Good soup. We need to stop referencing TikTok on this podcast. <laughs> I think we need to s- stop mentioning soup. <laughs> I think we just need to stop. All right, back to this uh, yeah. book. <laughs> I had something I wanted to say. Because like, uh, my quote that I found the funniest was... Um, like, uh, Sam and... Charlie were dancing and I guess she whispers something into his ear and so he says her whisper smelled like cranberry juice and vodka I hoped mine still smelled like toothpaste 
everyone has had that thought before where you're like oh no I just I love Charlie I love his perspective he's just he's so good Ooh, another thing that I thought of when I was reading this book that I again I relate to is like Charlie's existentialism throughout the book um and it reminded me of this word and I had to double check and google it but um have you heard like do you know the word sonder okay I wrote it down with the definition I should Um, probably say no out loud oh yeah you should (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I forget that this is like a thing we're doing and not just us talking so I forget that forget that I have to say out loud the things that I do um yeah sorry no I do not know (laughs) (sighs) so Sonder I have the word and definition right here (laughs) you're exciting (laughs) so uh I looked it up and Sonder is the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own. I feel like Charlie has those like realizations all throughout the book. Sorry, did I just give you an existential crisis? I periodically think of that. Like I try not to, but I I feel like I've read this somewhere or seen it in like a movie or on the internet, but someone was like, I was just I feel like I'm the main character and everyone else I see is like a side character in my own film. And the fact that it, it mainly gets to me when I look into really big apartment buildings mm-hmm. and I realize that every light on is like a different person, different family, different situation. And I am the side character to them. Yeah. And it throws me <laughs> off sometimes. Yeah, I think about that sometimes when I'm like in large crowds and I'm like the people around me are experiencing the same thing that I am experiencing but it could make them feel a completely different thing like just because I am at like a festival and I'm really happy someone could be having like a really bad time someone could be like oh I just I don't I'm spiraling also another thing that I didn't realize um until watching the movie but I'm pretty sure that like I'm pretty sure that the last paragraph of the book before the epilogue and the like final letter um I'm pretty sure that was like supposed to be Charlie's suicide note because in the movie he ends up in the hospital because and everyone's like worried about him because he might hurt himself and I think that the last paragraph was like and the last letter was like him saying goodbye because in the hospital or in the book too in the epilogue he's in the hospital so Mm -hmm. maybe you're right the very last letter um just the last paragraph of the last letter on page 206 i don't know maybe it is right one thing yeah also a note for this book definitely read the epilogue mm-hmm. I feel like some sometimes I get to the end and I don't read the epilogue mm-hmm. so this one is very relevant to read 
oh my god, I have questions about the book in the back of my book. Fuck, man, why do I never... <sighs> like, questions for me, or...? <laughs> no, like, questions. Like, discussion questions. Oh, there are discussion questions like that? Mm-hmm. At least in my copy. Maybe mine's a fancy copy. I honestly don't think I see any discussion questions in mine. Because I also have an afterword. Uh, like, after the epilogue. I don't have an after the epilogue. Okay, well, I'm going to talk about it. Um, so the afterword of this book made me cry. <laughs> oh. Because... Maybe I'll just like send you pictures of it so that you can read it. So this book came out in 1999 and in 2012, I guess the author um, wrote an afterword at the back of the book, essentially thanking um, his readers. Um, Cause I guess he received a lot of letters um, that say that the book saved their lives and that they felt a lot less alone because of the book and understanding that um, people, obviously other people were going through the same things that Charlie or Sam or Patrick, whoever had gone through. Um, but it's from Charlie's perspective, kind of. Um, and it was just really, it was a real tearjerker. Um, because it was basically just the author, like, again, reaching out to the fans and being like, you are not alone in this. Everyone has something going on behind closed doors that you don't know about. It was just, it was good. It was really good. I must just have a newer copy than you do. Yeah, I guess so. That's oh, sad. I wish I could read it. Very nice of the author, though, to, like, reach out afterwards. Mm-hmm. Especially because we liked him more. I know he's so good. Some of these questions mm -hmm. are good. Ooh. Who is Charlie's greatest ally and who is his worst influence? I mean, I think his greatest ally was the teacher. I think so too. His worst influence? Now I'm inclined to say Sam because you've. <laughs> I honestly don't like, I know that uh, Sam and Patrick were obviously great friends to Charlie when he needed a friend. And, like, you drink and do things in high school that, like, maybe aren't that great. But if you, like, take a little step back, they weren't that great of influences on him. This is like, true. they took him to parties. He did drugs. He started got drunk. Smoking. He started smoking. That's true. Hot take. Maybe his, maybe his close friends were his worst influences. Yeah. I can see that. But I mean, I don't think being a bad influence makes you a bad friend per se. Oh, we haven't talked about Aunt Helen. Oh. That was tough. Sweet Charlie did not need that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel bad for her as well. Obviously, she went through some terrible things, but just like losing your favorite family member and the one that you feel like understands you the most I can't even imagine mm -hmm. I think um well to give some backstory if you haven't read the book and you've gotten this far but uh Charlie's aunt Helen 
we know in the beginning of the book that um, she died in a car crash getting his birthday present one year on Christmas Eve because his birthday is on Christmas Eve. Um, and then we find out later in the book at the like at the very end that um, Aunt Helen actually sexually abused Charlie a couple times. Um, and Charlie has definitely like repressed those kinds of memories of Aunt Helen. Um, and yeah, that, that would be really hard. Like both of those things obviously would be really hard dealing with her death and then having to also cope with the fact that she did some bad things to you, even if she was your favorite relative. It's just a, it's a sad dynamic when like he views her as someone that he loved so much in his family and was so important to him and that he lost. And that's what he thinks about rather than and Helen. <laughs> this book. <laughs> book gets you, gets you in all the feels. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's awful what these characters have to go through, especially because I think, you know, even Sam, our current reigning least favorite character, like, I think at all of these characters core, they are good people who just They've just want... gone through some terrible things. Mm-hmm. One of the questions, this will probably be the last question from the back of the book that I ask, but I find this one interesting. Who do you think Charlie is writing to? Do you think he knows the person um, and just doesn't know that he knows the person? And who do you think uh, told Charlie this person to write to? I'm going to have to think about that for a minute. Because, yeah, uh, in the beginning of the book, I mean, obviously this whole book is all letters to someone but we never know like we'd never find out who it is yeah well I guess you know it's like an adult you know what maybe maybe it's his teacher I could see that I could see that too I think it could be the teacher I don't think I mean the kind of follow-up question in the book is like do you think it matters who he's writing to and I don't think so no I think this is more for him just to like mm-hmm. get out what he's thinking and feeling mm-hmm. I think I'm ready to wrap it up so next episode even though it'll be October 15th we're gonna do a bit of a spooky Halloweeny episode because we won't be releasing an episode closer to Halloween um, so we know it's only the 15th but we're just jump-starting Halloween as I already have in my daily life um, I personally chose this book because Halloween is more more my jam than Katrina's um I decided to do I decided we should try doing a horror slash thriller book um and I decided that we should do The Shining um because it's kind of a classic horror book without being um too hard to read I haven't um personally read this book before and I've also not watched the movie because even though I'm a Halloween fanatic, I actually don't like scary movies because um, they scare me. <laughs> so 
So we're doing Stephen King, The Shining, which is, it takes place at a hotel and it's basically about, from to my knowledge, it's about a haunted hotel and a family that goes to live in said hotel during the winter when they're essentially stranded and cannot get away from the hotel. Yeah, yeah this is definitely a new genre for me. I've actually never read a horror book. So, never, yeah, I've never read an adult horror book. I've read like horror books when I was a teenager that were like obviously probably quite vanilla for horror. So I'm a little nervous because like I said, I don't like scary movies. So I'm interested in reading an actually scary book, just not not just like a like a teenage book about vampires or demons or something like that. Um, yeah. I, am yeah, I wonder if it's going to freak me out. Yeah, I wonder if it's so gonna... I always get really tense after horror movies. So I wonder if it's going to be the same with a book where I'm just stressed. Yeah, I wonder like what it's going to be like. Because usually when I watch it, whenever I have watched a scary movie, if something scary is happening, I usually look away or close my eyes. You don't really have that option when you're reading a book. <laughs> Well, you can't close your eyes. You just can't keep reading. You just can't progress. Maybe some like light skimming. But what happens if like I skim the scary part and then something really important happens and then I have to go back and read the scary part again? Like, I don't want to do that. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> and that's on the next episode. Yeah. I also wanted to do Stephen King because he's like the main like famous horror author out there. Um, so yeah, and he's super popular. This book is super popular. I also chose this book because it's Joey Turbiani from Friends's favorite book ever. So decided we're gonna have to, to read Little Women after this, then true. Compare and compare, com- compare and contrast. All right, so if you guys want to follow us on our social medias, um. Our Instagram and Twitter is bookbevies, B-O-O-K-B-E-V-V-I-E-S. That's bookbevies. And if you want to email us with, I don't know, your thoughts, any book recommendations, anything fun, um, our email is also bookbevies at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Peace out. Bruh. Bruh. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.